0: and my wife was watching Dancing with the Stars live, which was fun. But, um, but I miss you guys, and I wanted to begin today by just uh, saying a huge word of thanks to Susan Butler, who preached in my place last week, who I think did a fantastic job. I've heard from many of you that she did so well, and I don't know that Susan's here this morning, but I do want us to take a minute to say thank you. There you are over there. Thank you, Susan. Um, as I shared uh, in my video last week, Susan is, uh, has been asking me to learn more about how to how to speak and preach, and she's going to be taking some classes. And I, So I threw her in the deep end of the pool, right? But I do know this. This, this family here is an awesome place to start and are so welcoming. So I uh, love you, Susan. Thank you for bringing God's Word last week. Um, the, the next thing I wanted to tell you was, um, before we get into God's Word for the day, I, I wanted to just mention to you um, about this Family and Friends Day. Uh, we had a lot planned for this Sunday that we kind of had to put on hold. And I wanted to let you know a little bit about that because maybe you have some family and friends that could be here today or that couldn't be here today that you still want to invite to the 22nd, and I want to tell you about a couple of cool things we're going to do. Well, you already know that we're going to have lunch after service on that day, and we're going to be doing uh, Shane's uh, pork barbecue, Shane's chicken barbecue, and then chicken salad trying to get everybody who likes everything, okay? And uh, we'll have all those available. It's a complimentary lunch. We just want it to be a great day of family and friends fellowshipping together after worship on that day. So it's going to be an awesome day. That's, that's, that's one of the great things about that day. But also on that day on the 22nd, we're going to be giving a gift to new folks of Harvest Point. And um, here's the gift. I want to give you a little glimpse of that. It's a Yeti cup. Uh, that we're going to be giving out to folks that day. It's going to have some candies in it, and it's got a cool little green wristband on it that says Harvest Point, God's Family Matters. Um, and it's going to have some other stuff to go along it too, with, along with some uh, some uh, some information on our church. And what we're going to be doing is we're going to be inviting folks to stop at a brand new kiosk that we're going to have out in the lobby and fill out fill out a little I'm New card. Now, here's what I want to tell you. If, this is, if you're new to Harvest Point, you came here today because today is Family and Friends Day, right? But it got postponed. Come back on the 22nd, and we will still have this gift for you, okay? We want you to receive this gift. And you can say, hey, I came on the 8th, but I'm back. 22nd, all right? You fill out this little card. Now, listen, here's what I want to tell you Harvest Pointers, okay? If you're inviting somebody to come and be a part of that very special Sunday, take them to the kiosk right away. Let them go ahead and get their gift. Um, if you meet somebody brand new here the next week or the next week or five weeks later, hey, make sure, have you dropped by the kiosk and let them know that you're new here to Harvest Point? We just want to make sure we're getting everybody's questions answered. If they have children or youth, we're letting them know about our children's and our student ministry. We want, to, we want that to be a place of information for them. And so anyway, that's kind of a cool thing that we're going to be starting on the 22nd and will then be then happening every week thereafter, a welcome kiosk in the lobby where we give a gift to people who are new here to Harvest Point. Okay, you got that? Get it? Yeah. Got it? Say, got it. Yeah. Good. All right, good. All right, good. So now, if you have your, uh, your message outline, would you take that out and would you hold that up real quickly? It's inside your worship guide. You got that? See, you got it? Yeah, got everybody, everybody got it? Good. I see it all over the place. Great. Now, see that sermon that I planned for today? Yeah. We're not going to study any of that, All right. So, But I do want you to have that, okay? Because I'm going to ask you to do something very special with that. So here's the deal. Um, I, had, I had planned a very special message for today on family and friends Sunday. And it was going to be all about relationships. And that's what that message outline is. And someday I'll preach that. I believe it, okay? But it just ain't going to be today. About 5 o'clock in the morning, I'm, I'm laying in the bed. I woke up, and it was as if one of those moments where God just... Said I don't. I want to do something different today, and um, those. If you if if you've ever preached before, those are very uncomfortable moments, but they're also very freeing moments. The uncomfortable side is okay. What what am I gonna do? You know, I'm a planner. I like to know what I'm gonna do ahead of time. That's the uncomfortable side. The freeing moment is that you know that God's got something to say, that is very specific for the folks who are going to be here to hear God's Word today and very specific normally for me. He's normally ministering to me in those kind of moments. And so I laid there in the bed, and, and I was just talking with God, praying to God, and I felt like God uh, told me to reach into my nightstand and to pull out a sermon that I've preached before. Now, the unique thing about that, a couple of things. Number one, if you've been coming to Harvest Point for any length of time, You know, I never repeat messages. I just don't do it. I think God's got a fresh word for us all the time. You'll never hear me, except for maybe today, (laughs) repeat a message, okay? But the second thing is, is that I normally don't have sermons just laying around. They're not in my nightstand. They're not, I've got an office for that, right? Or a car. I keep sermons in my car. Um, But I did remember that there was a time that I had written down some notes and put them inside um, my nightstand for a thing that God was doing in me, a thing that God was teaching me. And so <laughs> I uh, I got out of the bed, and I opened up my drawer, and I started combing through my drawer, making all this noise, and Julie looked at me, she said, You okay? And normally I'm not going through my drawers. I said, Yeah. And I, and I finally found the notes I felt like God was calling me to share. It was the only, only piece of paper like that in my entire life. Uh, nightstand there. And so here's the deal. I, I want to share with you a very different message than what I was planning to share this Sunday. And, and I want to invite you, you, if you're new to here to Harvest Point, we're one of those uh, note-taking churches. We, we put we put pens in every chair in front of you. Uh, we invite you to fill in the blanks normally or circle things and underline things and to write down maybe new things you're learning. Well, this Sunday, I have an outline that I would just invite you to turn over. And there's a little bit of blank space in the back. And I would invite you to, to get a pen and to write down some stuff because I think God is going to speak to us. And, and I would just invite you to write down some very simple stuff this morning uh, that we're going to be studying and we're going to be reading some scriptures together. Can you do that for me? All right. And, and, and here's the deal. I don't know exactly where all we'll go together. But I do know this. Whenever God makes a change in a, in, a, in a direction, He's always got a good purpose and plan. He knows where He's headed, right? So if you've got your pen, I want you to write the title of this message. All right? It's two words. <laughs> two simple, simple words. Stupid hurts. Stupid hurts. Now, I can't remember why and what God was doing in my life, when I wrote these notes on this little half sheet of paper. But I do remember that, it, that stupid hurts was speaking directly to me, that I had done something very stupid. And I knew that I had brought... I do remember that stupid hurts meant for me that there was some pain involved, that there was pain involved for me, and more than likely, that me being stupid had hurt somebody else. Now, here's what I want to share with you. Everybody in the room been stupid before? Can I ask that a little louder? Can I get a little better? Has everybody in the room been stupid before? Yeah, Yeah, that's one of those places you can say, amen, brother. Preach it. Now, the truth of the matter is that, you know, most of us consider ourselves pretty smart people, right? I mean, we do. You're probably pretty well-educated. But here's what I know. I I don't care how well-educated you are, how many degrees you have, how much book knowledge you've done. I don't care what your massive intellect is. Here's what I can promise you. Even the smartest people are going to do stupid stuff. They're going to say stupid things sometimes. They're going to do inappropriate things. They're going to go their own way and they're going to do a stupid thing. And what I want to talk to you about here is what it really means to try to be wise. So, God talks about wisdom in the Bible, right? Now, wisdom, what is wisdom? Well, wisdom is living God's way. It's following God, right? Wisdom is personified in Jesus Christ. That's what wisdom is. But what's the opposite of wisdom? Anybody know what the opposite of wisdom is? Foolishness for today's purposes. We'll just call them stupid, all right? The Bible says that you can be a, a wise person or a foolish person. In our vernacular today, it means you can be a wise person or you can be a stupid person. Now, let me tell you, for the greater part of my life, I've been all about education. I value education. But what I want to tell you is that education doesn't mean it doesn't make you wise. You can go to school upon school upon school. You can be a NASA rocket scientists, being able to calculate things that can put us in outer space, and, and I could go to your house, and your relationships in your house could be a complete mess. And you would be a fool. You wouldn't be a wise person. You would be a fool. So what I, wanna, what I want you to begin with here today is an understanding that we all do stupid stuff, and God wants us to pursue wisdom. And just because we pursue academia, or we read a lot, or we're intellectual, doesn't mean that we're not going to sometimes do foolish things. So right out of the gate, I just want to talk to you about what it really looks like in your stupid moment to respond in wisdom. See, this is what I've learned. I've learned from me that I'm going to make mistakes, and I'm going to do stupid stuff. I'm going to say the wrong thing, I'm going to do the wrong thing, I'm going to hurt somebody that I love the most, I'm going to do stupid stuff, but what I want to talk to you about today is, what do you do in the middle of your stupid moment? What is the way to respond in the middle of your foolish moment? So if you have your pen, I'm just going to give you some thoughts that I have that God was teaching me in the middle of one of my own very stupid moments. God was saying, if you want to be my son in the middle of this stupid thing that you've done, this is what you need to do. This is how you need to act. This is what you need to be in this moment. So the first one, they're, they're B's, okay? Every one of Everyone's going to be something. The first one is this. Number one, in your stupid moment, you want to really be wise? Be responsible. Be responsible. Write that down. It means taking responsibility. It means saying my stupid moment has been brought on by me, not somebody else. It means owning the responsibility for your own stupid actions or your own stupid decisions. It means understanding when you're wrong and when you've done something wrong and then being willing to learn from it because guess what? Stupid hurts. And if you don't learn from it, the more you do the stupid, the more you're going to hurt more and more people and the more you're going to hurt yourself. Because every time you do stupid things or say stupid things, you are hurting you and you are hurting somebody else. You know, there are two responses that you can have to any stupid moment. A and B. Let me cover them with you real quickly. Two responses that you can have in your dumb decision moment of whatever you did. And the first one is what I call deflect. Okay, A. We'll call it A is deflect. Write that down. A is deflect. And deflect, Is anything that puts it off of you. So for some people, when they do something stupid, have you ever seen a child do something foolish? They did. They made a wrong decision. They'll go and hide. You ever seen that? You know, they did. They they know they were wrong, and they'll go and hide somewhere. There's a whole bunch of ways to deflect. You can run away. You can act like it never happened. You can hide. You can you can blame somebody else for what you did. Oh, it was their fault. Or I deserve to be able to say that. You can do a lot of things that deflect. And here's what I want you to know. Anytime you deflect, anytime you deflect in your stupid moment, you're going to have to repeat the stupid moment over again. Okay? My mother-in-law, Julie's mom, says it this way. Just call it stupid 101. And in your stupid 101 moment, If you deflect, if you hide, if you blame, if you act like it's not you or somebody else's fault, if you do that, guess what? God's going to make you go back through stupid 101 again because you chose not to do the better option. So option A is to deflect, but option B in your stupid moment is to learn. Learn. Now, what does that mean? What does it mean to learn in my stupid moment when I've done a very stupid thing? It means to not deflect. It means to stand right in the middle of your own mistake and not blame somebody else, not make excuses. Well, it shouldn't have been this or that. No, it means to to ask yourself, what can I learn so that I don't repeat this stupid thing, God, again? What do you have to teach me in this moment about the way I thought about things or the way I saw things or the way I spoke about things? What, the decision that I made. God, what do you have to teach me What can I learn? So the first place on on really being wise in the middle of your foolish moment is to be responsible. Don't blame somebody else. Don't deflect. Own your stupidity. Own your foolishness in that moment. And ask God to help you learn something in the middle of it. Does that make any sense? Let me tell you, I'm talking about me. I'm talking about something God was teaching me in the middle of my own stupid moment. Stephen, don't blame somebody else. Don't run somewhere else. Don't deflect it somewhere else. Own this thing. Own it. Be responsible for it and grow and be wiser because of it. Learn from it. You with me? So that's that's the first B I want to encourage you towards. The second one is is this. Write this down. Number two, be humble. Be humble. And what that means... What's the opposite of humility, by the way? Pride, right? Humility. You can either be humble about your stupid thing or you can be prideful. By the way, oftentimes have you noticed that when we do stupid stuff, we're proud? I mean, how foolish is that, right? We do stupid stuff and we're like, well, you know, and we we want to get our back all straight, you know, and get our chest all pumped. What are you talking about? That was stupid. You shouldn't have done that. You shouldn't have said that. You shouldn't have acted that way. That was a stupid thing to do, but we get proud of it. Now, here's what I want to tell you before we even get into the scripture of this one. What I want to tell you is that remember what God says about pride and humility, okay? God says he blesses humility, and when we choose humility, he will lift us up. He blesses it. But here's the deal on pride. God says he makes war with the prideful. He, the Bible says literally he opposes the proud, right? And it means for the proud, he will bring you down. He will humble you no matter how many things it takes to finally get you to a place of humility. So the first thing I would tell you in whatever your foolish moment is after be responsible is to choose humility. Choose humbleness. In my notes, I wrote down this John Wayne quote from theologian John Wayne which half the people in this room don't even know who John Wayne is, right? But anyway, John Wayne said this, Life is tough. It's tougher when you're stupid. I think that's pretty right. Don't you agree? John Wayne was a pretty smart guy, right? Life is tough, and it's even tougher when you're stupid. So what does the Bible have to say about humility? Just a couple of things. The Bible says every one of us have sinned, and every one of us have fallen short. That just reminds me that nobody's going to get it right 100% of the time, and that all of us are going to make mistakes, and all of us are going to do stupid things from time to time, okay? All have sinned, and all have fallen short. By the way, the guy named Paul was the one who wrote that one. The same guy whose name had been changed from Saul, who was a phenomenal leader of the Jews, and was killing people called the way. Remember Jesus said, I am, it didn't have a name yet for Christianity. It was called the way. He said, I am the way, the truth, and life. They called people who were Christians the people of the way. He was killing people of the way until he met Jesus on a road. And Paul later on wrote those words, all have sinned, all have fallen short. He was trying to do everything perfectly by the law, and even then he realized how stupid, how foolish he had been. He'd even missed the Messiah. In, In your Bible, if you have your Bible, um, and I think we're have it. we going to have it on the screens here. Um, I wanted to read from some of Paul's words because Paul was an incredibly intelligent guy. But he struggled because of that pride that he had and his sometimes choosing the humble path. So I'm going to read from Romans chapter 7. Romans chapter 7. And just listen to what Paul's thoughts are. And you see if they're not your thoughts as well. Okay, Romans chapter 7. I'm going to begin in verse 15, when he was talking about the stupid stuff that he does. That's what Paul is talking about. The stupid things that he does that he knows are not right. He knows they're not God's way. But why does he continue to do them sometimes? In Romans uh, uh, verse, uh, chapter 7, verse 15, he says, I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. And if I do, what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good, that the law was right. I did the wrong thing. Number verse seventeen. As it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but it is sin living inside of me. I know that nothing. Listen to Paul's words. I know that nothing good lives in me. That is in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what's good. But I cannot carry it out. For what I do is not the good I want to do. No, it's the evil I do not want to do. This is what I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it. But it's sin living in me that does it. So I find this law at work. When I want to do good, evil's right there with me. For in my inner being I delight in God's law, but I see another law at work in the members of my body, waging war with my mind. What Paul is saying there, guys, is that every one of us have this thing inside of us, this sin nature. And until you breathe your last breath, you're going to have a sin nature. Now, when you move on into eternity, if you've trusted Jesus Christ, you will move on into eternity, hallelujah, without a sin nature. And that's a beautiful thing. But as long as you're living and breathing, you're going to have a sin nature. You're going to choose your way. You're going to do things not God's way. You're going to do stupid and foolish things. What do we learn from this? It's choose humility. It's choose that we are all people of sin. We're not all right. We're not all all perfect. Understand that. Understand who you really are and humble yourself as a person who struggles with sin. Somebody said it this way. It's not very far from the penthouse to the outhouse. I want you to think about that for a minute. It's not very far from the penthouse to the outhouse. And, and you could make a, a just a, a short series of decisions or maybe even one decision and you could move from a very lofty place where people esteem you, they think great things about you, you've got a great family, into a place where just life is the pits and it's horrible. Humbleness is reminding yourself that you are a sinner saved by grace. That's what humbleness is. I'm a sinner saved by grace, God. That that you, uh, you want to humble and walk, you want to be hum- humble and seek humility and walk in that humility. Because every one of us, life can humble us in a nanosecond. Every one of us. So, Choose a mindset and a heart set in your stupid moment of humility. Number one is we own it. We don't deflect it. Number two is, and God, this is me. I'm so sorry. It's humbling yourself before him. It's not bucking up. It's not getting proud. It's not saying, well, I had a right or this was my privilege. No, no. It's humbling yourself before God. Having a... Towards your own humanity and saying, God, I'm so sorry. That humility will lead you towards righteousness. So the first B was be responsible. The second B is be humble. Write this one down. A third B, and this remember, these are things that God's teaching me in the middle of my own stupid moment, right? The third B is this: be prayerful. In the middle of your foolish decision be prayerful. Now, what does that mean? Watch me here, guys. Every one of us know what this is like. You make a mistake. You say something. You do something. You make a decision that is a wrong, bad, poor decision. is a stupid thing to do. Whatever your stupid thing is to do, in that moment, you know what your first thought is? How am I going to get myself out of this? All right? And it's about you, right? And so you start brainstorming great little ideas, clever ideas that you have about getting yourself out of it. And, and you start having a little conversation with you, all right? You start talking with your mind, you know, oh, I, I can do this and that, I need that, okay, and I can go this way. You And, and what I'm saying is that in your stupid moment, if you really want to be wise, stop the conversation with you and start the conversation with him. Be prayerful in your stupid moment hopefully you're already broken because of that second step right a step of humility you're breaking yourself before him but the third step is saying god i I, we need to talk i need help and you start crying out to god in a in, in your prayer asking him to help you fix it help you learn from it you're talking with your father when you are in trouble in my notes let me read it just like i wrote it for me okay when you are in trouble when you are in deep weeds Don't consider God an option to think about, to go over to, to walk to, run to Him. When you've made a mistake, go after God. You will not be disappointed. Take it to the bank. Have a prayerful conversation with your Father. I was talking to somebody recently that had done a very stupid thing. And we were talking about their very stupid thing. And if he said anything to me that mattered at all, what he said to me was, you don't know how much I've been praying. You don't know how much I've been talking with God. See, here's what I know. I don't know. You will never know how much somebody else talks with God. That's them and that's their relationship with God, right? But here's what I knew. When they could say, you don't know how much I'm talking with God, I'm thinking to myself, everything's going to come out in the wash. Everything's going to be just fine. If you are talking with him, he is going to guide you the right way. So what I'm trying to say in point number two and point number three, be humble and be prayerful. I'm trying to say this. In your moment of stupidity, when you make a mistake, when you hurt somebody, when you do something you shouldn't have done, when you take that drink, when you knew you shouldn't have taken that drink, whatever it is, when you, when you, whatever your thing is, bankrupt your self-sufficiency. Bankrupt it. Lay it out there before God and say, I'm bankrupting my self-sufficiency to handle all this. Seek humility and cry out, run out to Him in prayer, and start crying out to your Father to guide you in this moment, okay? In your stupid moment, God will meet you. (laughs) I am so thankful to have a good Heavenly Father. You know, I was 20 years old, and sophomore in college, when I lost my earthly dad. Can I just tell you, I used to call my dad for all kinds of things. He was a sage for me. He was a wisdom. Little things to do with the car, little things about this and that. I have always had a perfect Heavenly Father that I could call on. That could guide me the right way. And in your foolish moment, you want to be wise? Be responsible. Don't deflect. Learn from it. Don't make excuses. Own it in that moment. Okay, God, this is me. I did a very stupid, foolish thing. Be humble. I'm a sinner, God. I mess up. That's my sin nature inside of me. Be broken before God. And that third step is cry out to him, run to him, be prayerful and have a conversation with God about where you're at. And don't stop short of it. Now here, one last thought around this point, number three, you know, in those conversations, what I've learned when I've done stupid stuff and I run to God and we start having a conversation, you know, I've learned, I've learned that he teaches me grace. He gives me grace in that moment. He does more than that. He gives me knowledge that I could not have had by myself thinking in my own little world. He gives me knowledge about the right and the good path to follow. But here's the coolest thing. Whenever I run to him and have that conversation, you know what I get from him? I get him. The greatest thing about God is not what he gives away, not what he ministers to us for, but it's him. I get to meet and to be with my heavenly father. I get him in that process, and that's the most important thing, not what he gives us. It's who he is in that moment. I get my daddy's mind to become my mind again. I get my daddy's heart to become my heart again. That prayer relationship is so very, very important. Got your pen? Going to go a little bit faster. Fourth thing that I wrote down, a a fourth B, and this is this one, be teachable. In your stupid moment, be teachable, be moldable, be shapeable. Listen and, and, and be, be able to be molded and shaped into that moment. Be teachable. This past week, I meant I need to pause for a moment, but I'm right here on this spot, so this, this matches. We, we suffered a great loss in this church. I don't know whether you're in our email chain or not, but we have a wonderful family in this church Joel and Whitney Pash. And um, they're not in church this morning because they're in the hospital. And if you know this story, you know that Joel and Whitney's mom and daddy were driving down the road, coming down 1941, and somebody ran a red light. And they were T-boned on 1941. Joel and Whitney, uh, Whitney specifically, Whitney lost her dad. He died on the scene. there at that intersection in 1941 immediately. Her mother looks like she's going to make a full recovery, praise God. She's at Atlanta Medical right now, and it's tough. She's broken in many spots all over her body. But they are so glad to have her mother still alive. And I stood in that hospital room for the last couple of days, and and there have been a lot of questions flying around that room. You know what I'm talking about? When a tragedy happens like that, one of the chief questions that's going on is why. I mean, why has this happened? Where is God right now? What is going on? And, and in the middle of their tragedy, here's what happened. Here's what happened. Somebody did a very stupid thing and stupid hurts. Somebody ran a red light and has caused themselves more pain than they even are aware of right now because of the prosecution that will come their way. But they caused an entire family tree to be Shaken and to hurt because of that stupid action. As I've stood in that hospital room the last couple of days, and I've heard that family's questions of, why God, and what are you doing, and where are you? I go to this moment right here, teachability. There's no good answer for why we suffer and why tragedy strikes our lives. There's no easy answer. As a matter of fact, Jesus said, didn't give us an answer for it, he said, in this world, you will have trouble. He never said, and here's why. you know. Now, we know that it's because of the fallen nature of our world. But Jesus just said, point blankly, you're going to experience trouble. Life's going to get tough. It's going to get hard. In the middle of that hospital room, as I've been sitting there thinking with them, I, and they've been asking those questions about why and, and what now. Can I just tell you that the essence of that whole thing that we have is is that there are some questions that are better than other questions. And why is never going to be a question that you get to go a long ways with, okay? You're never going to get an answer to all your why questions. But here, here's the better question. Where do I go now? What can you teach me, God, in this moment? That's a much better question. And by the way, before, before I leave Joel and Whitney, oh, would church, listen, if I was going through Joel and Whitney going through what they're going through, I want to know my church was praying for me. So would you please pray for Miss Chandler, that's her name, who is Whitney's mama, fighting for her life at Atlanta Medical. Pray for Miss Chandler. She's a strong woman of faith. And by the way, uh, Miss Chandler's husband, Whitney's dad, was a strong man of faith. He received, he was ready to meet his Lord, right? He was. And so he's got his inheritance. Now they, they, this family is moving through the rest of this trauma. What's the, what's the fourth B? Be teachable. It means you're asking the question, God, what do you want to teach me in the middle of my foolish moment? What do you want to teach me? What do you want me to learn so that I don't have to do this thing over again? I don't have to repeat stupid 101 or 102 or 103 over again. What do you want? Now, I'm going to say it one more time. It is possible to, in a moment, make a step and almost move yourself towards... Ruin. You can make one step, one decision, and you can change, you could change your whole life. And that's a sobering thought. But you know, here's the truth of the matter is you and I, you know what we normally, we normally consider ourselves, we kind of live in safety land, right? Oh, all those people who, who have life so rough is because they do all those stupid things. You know, but we don't do stupid things, so we're in, we're safe. I've got a good job, got a good family, got a good house, got good cars. You know, I'm safe. I'm comfortable. Listen, I think some of you came to church today to hear something very important. You are one step away from safety land to stupid land. One step. You could make one poor decision. And in that stupid decision... You could wreck your family. You could wreck your reputation. That one stupid decision, you could hurt the people around you that mean the most to you. All your life, you've tried, been trying to build your life a certain way, you could turn your whole life upside down to what people think about you with one step of a decision away from safety land to stupid land. And what we need to realize is, how do I not do that, Stephen? Teachability is so important. Can I just talk for a minute to the high school students and the college students sitting right here in this place? You're not going to learn in your classes how to be teachable. They do not teach teachability in a classroom setting, science, math, or otherwise. Do you know how you learn teachability? You do a stupid thing. And after that stupid thing, you realize, oh, God, I don't want to ever do that again. Teach me. Teach me now not to do that. Teach me. Oh, God, teach me from this moment. That's how you teachability is so, so important. You know, my, I, I'm running a real quick rabbit trail. My son is a kicker. And oftentimes he asks people to help train him to kick like, like younger kickers. I got one of them here right now. And we'll, we'll pull somebody new in, and can I tell you, within about five minutes, we either know whether they're teachable or they're not. And if they're not teachable, we are wasting our time. But if they are teachable, man, we can go places. I think God looks at us that way, and He says, I want you to be Teachable. I want you to, when you go through life and you stumble and fall, I want you to learn from me. My path for you is not that you would repeat the same mistakes over and over and over again. My path for you is that you would learn, that you would grow, that you would be wise, not foolish. Teachability is so, so very important. A couple of final thoughts about teachability. Teachability. Here's something I've learned from my own stupid mistakes. When you do stupid things, how you've been credible in the past matters, okay? So trying to live a life of purity and trying to live a life of integrity matters because every one of us is going to stumble. So when you try to choose the right way tomorrow and Tuesday and Wednesday and every day of your life, you're building credibility and integrity into your life so that when you do a stupid thing, somebody would give you the benefit of the doubt, Okay? I've needed that before, okay? I've said something stupid and hurt somebody before, even one of my own parishioners before, and I just had to come back to him and say, listen, listen, you know my heart. You know me and you trust me. I shouldn't have done that. Would you forgive me? The the teachability and the credibility you get from that teachability is it makes all the difference in your stupid moment. So seek a life of integrity, a life of purity, and a life of teachability, and it will make a difference in your moment of stupidity. And and then another thing, one last thought about teachability. When you're truly teachable, you become less judgmental of other people when they make mistakes. That is huge. That might have been worth the price of admission if you were to write that down today, okay? When you are teachable, you become less judgmental of others, when they make their mistakes, when they do their stupid stuff, you know what you do? You give them grace. You give them grace because you've needed grace, right? And you've done stupid stuff too, right? So what have we said? I felt like God was telling me, <laughs> why in the world am I preaching this today, right? Either some of you guys have just done some very stupid stuff or you're going to about to do some very stupid stuff or he's teaching you something right now to keep you from doing something very stupid, right? First one is this. Be humble. I'm sorry, be be responsible. Don't deflect. Own it yourself, right? The second one is this. Be humble. Be broken before God. Come to God and say, God, I, I didn't mean to do that. Own it all for yourself. And in that brokenness, seek him out. That third one, be prayerful. Have a conversation with him. Run to your father. Listen to your father. Get him in the process. That fourth one, be teachable. Be moldable. Be be shapeable in that moment not rigid not hard pliable last one write this one down be grateful now that one's a hard for me one I'm sure for me to write down but be grateful listen listen be grateful in the stupid moment be grateful what be grateful Because what I've found is in my stupid moments, actually good things can come out of them. So I need to look for those things and be grateful for those things. So let me mention a few of those things to you real quickly, okay? You know what I've realized? When you and I do stupid stuff, whenever we're in crisis, whenever we make a mistake, you know who the folks that come to help you are? Your friends and your family. And when those people show up to help you and to care for you because they, you matter to them, you know what? That's something to be thankful for, to be grateful for those people who come alongside you. Real quickly, a scripture. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says this, in, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. If, you, if, you, if, you, if I could highlight a word there, I'd highlight the word in, okay? Give thanks in all circumstances, doesn't it say give thanks for everything that happens to you, does it? Doesn't it say, oh, something bad. You know, Joel and Whitney had had somebody run a red light, and 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 all of a sudden their whole they've got a tragedy. They're living in the middle of tragedy. The Bible doesn't say, oh, give thanks for that. Doesn't say that. The Bible says, give thanks in. So when you're in the middle of that moment, find a way to be grateful in. The middle of that moment, when you've done something that is a poor decision, when you've done something that or said something you shouldn't have said, in the middle of that moment, find a way to give thanks in that circumstance for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. You know what that tells me? That tells me no matter what situation I'm ever in, there's always a place where I can look around and I can be grateful for something, right? I can find blessings somewhere maybe you're in the middle of your stupid moment. And you look at me today and you say, Stephen, help me. I'm having a hard time being grateful because life's life kind of sucky right now for me. What, what can I be grateful for? I already mentioned your friends and your family that care for you. Here's another one. How about grace? You know what grace is? Grace is unmerited favor that gives you a do-over. You can be forgiven in a moment for whatever your stupid thing was. Your word, your action, whatever it was that you did. Grace. Seek it out. Ask forgiveness for it. Give thanks for the ability to do over because that's the power of what Christ did for us. What else can you give thanks for? This very moment. This is a learning moment. In your stupid moment, this is a learning moment for you to grow, to be stretched, To be humbled, give thanks for the moment that you're in right now and say, God, grow me, stretch me, help me learn. How about this one? Give thanks for him. Give thanks that he is the one who's going to meet you in this moment of need. There's one scripture I've been quoting over and over again to this family, and that is this, that the Bible says that God is an ever-present help in our time of need. That family's moving through a deep time of need. And whether you've got a big stupid moment or a little small stupid moment going on in your world right now, here's what I would tell you. God is an ever-present help in your time of need. So give thanks for his presence. Because this is the will of Christ Jesus for you. So a so couple of final thoughts. Those stupid things, where stupid hurts, they happen everywhere. Somebody here today might be struggling with a stupid decision you made at your work and you don't know what to do about it. I would think there are probably many of us here who have thought about some stupid things we might have said that we wish we could take back. But maybe up until this point we've been very prideful about those things. Sometimes we've done stupid things towards somebody. You know what we've done? Sometimes sometimes we've done stupid things as omission, you know. I think Susan probably talked about that last week. When you knew the good you should have done and you didn't do it, you just held yourself away from it, right? Now you need to realize that wasn't very smart. That was very foolish. I need to go and do that thing that God called me to do, or I need to... I need to get up every morning, read God's word. That's a smart thing, right? That's not a stupid thing. So look back to those five things real quickly. This morning, I just thought it would be so fitting. And actually, I'm going to do this for the next five weeks. We're just going to open up our altar here and have a very tangible way for us to begin this new year, surrendering ourselves and talking to God about the year that is to come. But I wonder for you, if you just look through those five things real quickly. And I'd just like for you to see which one of those just rings in your soul today. Which one rings in your ear? Is there something that you've been deflecting on? That you've not really been trying to learn from, but you've been just saying, you know what, it's somebody else's fault, or you've been trying to hide from it, act like it's not there, and you've not really been taking responsibility on something? That today you're in church today, and you know, today is the day that you thought to to yourself, you know what? I've been doing that thing over and over again. I've been going through 101, 201, and and I need to learn from it. I need to come and just own it. I need to say, God, I want to be a learner. I want to own my stupid moment. Is that you? Or how about that second one, that humble thing? Is there an area in your life where you've been prideful? I mean, you didn't even know you'd been prideful until maybe you came into church today, but you've been, you know, you've not been humble Is there a place, here's a great question, is there a place where you think God's telling you, you need to be broken over this. You don't need to be high and mighty. You need to be broken over this. Might be a relationship, might be a situation. Look at that third one. Is there a place in your life where you've been talking to you a lot (laughs) and you really just hadn't come to God yet and said, God, I need to talk to you about this. Or or how about that that fourth one? That teachability thing. Is there a place where you've been not really molding, shaping, being teaching, being taught by God, or being taught by life in the situation? You've just been hard and rigid? Last one. Is there something today, this one's a hard one, okay? Is there something today that you need to, give thanks in the middle of it because of what is going on you haven't been giving thanks in the middle of it you've been only seeing it as the bad thing that you think it is and you need because it's the will of god in christ jesus for you to give thanks in the middle of it which one of those five things rings out to you (laughs) if you're anything like me it'd be like oh all five all five that's me but if one of them does ring out to you what I want to invite you to do today is to just come and bow at this altar. I don't think y'all did this last week. Susan, did, did we pray at the altar last week? We're going to open up our altar today. And we're just going to invite you to come and if you're able to just get on a knee before God and surrender to God. And, and if there's one of those that rings out to you one, two, three, four, five, just focus on the one, the one that's ringing the most to you. That be responsible or be humble, or be prayerful, whatever it is. You, let, you have a conversation with God about that. I'm going to pray for us, and then I'm going to open the altar together, okay? Would you bow your heads with me? Father, in the next few minutes, as folks come forward and they talk with you, would you meet their needs? You are the ever-wise one, and you are wanting us to be wise like you, not be foolish. Forgive us for our stupid actions, words, thoughts, deeds. And I pray, God, today as we talk to you, you would set us anew and set us right, Meet us in this place in the name of Christ. Would you come and meet with God? Let's bow a knee before the Lord together.